I've, uh, I've coined a personal motto and it's making crying cool since 2000. So, <laughs> right. I'm already, it's bubbling, so. I've, I, I thought, maybe I'll go up to the, up in the trees and just have a good cry up there. I'll get out of the way and then come back in. <laughs> Couldn't get it to come out, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't really, I was just joking. Anyway, I do, I get emotional, I warn you, it's all good, it comes from a good place. Alright, connection. I thought this would be, like, this topic would be taken already, so I'm really stoked. The, the guys, the ministry's been fantastic, but it's left the door open for me to talk about Christ and, and that being our connection. Um, I know it's come up in bits and pieces, but John 14.6 is going to be our first scripture. So just a little bit of background. Um, I grew up in this church, so like a lot of you, um, I've had a pastor for a father and sort of grew up in the nitty-gritty, seeing the good, the bad, sometimes the ugly, a lot of good, but a lot of positive. And um, I love the church, I love this church, um, I love where we're going and I'm excited too I was just chatting to go up the back I think as youth um, we're coming up to a fork in the road with this church um, that's an age thing it's a demographic thing we've got a lot of older people that have really set a platform for this church and we're getting to the point where we need to decide is this our church or is this their church metaphorically um, We've been, Stacey and I have been tasked a little bit with trying to um, engage the youth, I guess, in southeast Queensland. So these thoughts have been, I guess, um, bouncing around in my mind for a number of months. How, how do we connect the, the passion, the enthusiasm of our youth, the spirit, with the older knowledge, strength, steadiness, um, and commitment to the Lord. How do we do that? Um, through lots of chats with lots of different people, um, I keep coming back to this one thing and it's, it's sort of helped shape a little bit about this, this camp, about connection. But connection amongst ourselves and with our older brethren doesn't happen without connection to Jesus Christ. John 14.6 says... Uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So that's really clear. Um, it's hard to debate. It's hard to say, well, there's another way. Um, Jesus clearly states, and it's very obvious, and he's trying to make it obvious to us, is that you need to have connection with me if you want connection to the Father. So it begs the question, what is our connection to Jesus like? What, um, what are we doing to ensure that connection is strong? Um, I, I guess I'm in a unique position. There's lots of us here that have grown up in the Lord. Um, I, I'm like you guys. I'm, I'm like you. We, we go through, I had my teen years, I wasn't very well behaved. Um, I was pretty good at covering it, but I wasn't very well behaved. 
And I don't say that as a badge of honour, like, yeah, I got away with all this stuff. I think my mum and dad would probably fall off their chair if I told them half the stuff. I wasn't a particularly good kid. I'd get that, I'd jump out the window at night and go and do the stuff and sneak back in and they'd wonder why I'm sleeping till two in the afternoon. Um, I'd, there's not levels of sin, but I was there. I was just as bad as anything you guys have done. I've probably done it. So what, what changed for me, um, and I really like what Mitch, tall Mitch, said last night. I loved the talks last night, by the way. That was really inspiring. This, um, this knowing of the power, I could see the power, but I was choosing to do something else. Um, and this, this concept of ever knowing, like I knew it, but I wasn't actually learning. I wasn't actually applying the things that I was hearing. So the few things I want to get across today is that we will only have connection with Jesus if we have a personal experience. You cannot rely on my, my experience, your parents' experience. You cannot know and see the power but not experience it. So, as I said, as, as, as a youth, we need, if we're not doing it now, we need to start having a personal experience. We can have the knowledge, we can have the spirit even, but if we're not using it, if we're not exercising the power, we will have the appearance of knowledge, but we won't be applying it. And that's what Mitch was getting at. We've got to hear it, but we've got to do it. So as a church, as a group of youth, I would like to see us inspired. We leave here. I don't know why I'm upset. It's such good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, just snap out of it. This is positive stuff. It's not, I don't even know why I'm emotional. It's probably lack of sleep, sleeping underneath Shoe Shelton, moving around a million times <laughs> last night. <laughs> it's like sleeping on bubble wrap. <laughs> inspiration to, to walk out from this place, and it's inspiration with power and passion, and actually, you know what? The Holy Ghost is moving. It's working. I feel it. I see it. I can use it, but with wisdom, tied to experience, tied to our older people that have been there. I'm 39, I'm nearly 40, it's really scary. But I've been through some stuff. If you're 15, 16, 17, I had a PlayStation. I got the first one. <laughs> I've got Jordans on. I'm wearing industry clothes. I'm not, I'm not a complete old fuddy-duddy. My wife dresses me, by the way, but <laughs> I can relate. It's different, I know. I've got a 15-year-old daughter. Some of the stuff I see, I think, yeah, okay, that's a bit different. That's, <laughs> it's probably, um, it's levels, like, but I get it. I understand. And do you know what? Your older brethren, they understand. There's actually, there's an old saying, there's nothing new under the sun. It will be in a slightly different form, but people have dealt with what you're dealing with. And I've, I loved, um, what do you call him, short Mitch, little Mitch, um, that concept, like he was pretty raw last night, that was pretty touching, um, but he was willing to share that he has been and felt a certain way. And I'll, if anyone gets up here and says they haven't sort of experienced that or at some point in their life or they haven't actually gone through what you're going through 
They're kidding themselves. We are the same. It's the same spirit. We deal with the same stuff. How do we, as a youth, make that decision and make that connection? It, point one, starts with yourself. We need to have prayer life. We need to have the word of God. But we need to experience the Holy Spirit. Amen? Knowing Jesus, it's the same chapter down in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells within you and he will be in you. I... um. I did communion last week on the sunny coast and I, I had this um, bit of a thought. Um, does anyone know that picture of Adam touching God? Do you know the two hands meeting? Do you know that image? Mike, I think it's Michelangelo, famous piece of art. It really set off a thought in me that, you know, as if we have the spirit but we're not using the power, that's what our relationship is like with God. We, we might have this occasional touch or, or we can see it there what john is saying here is that 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 is not true connection with christ true connection with christ is him living in you and you living your life through that medium he he is the center he is the core he is everything you do he's everything you think he is everything that you aspire to be that's a very different concept to a worldly concept of God's up there and I'm here and yes, I'll have this occasional relationship. True connection, Holy Ghost, inside, at the core. That is very different to the occasional connection. So as young people that have grown up in church, we, I'm imploring you to say and encourage, you've got to go there. It's hard sometimes, it's emotional, I struggle. I'm getting up here to express that I struggle. But shining the light into the dark place is what we need to be doing. And I'm, I'm encouraging you to do that. Galatians 2, verse 20. Again, it's this ramping, it's ramping up. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's really the, the, the next level, you know. What, when I'm talking about that inner core and our, our, our drive and our direction and living our life, are we prepared to crucify the things in our life now that are holding us back it's a difficult question and i i i'll question you to think about it in your in your heart inside like am i actually prepared to sacrifice those things whether it's your personal goals um i'll, I'll clarify that whether it's in times past People have, have encouraged others. Oh, don't worry about university. Don't worry about buying a house. Don't worry about kids. The Lord's coming back. Don't, don't worry about any of that stuff. It's not particularly wise 
I believe what the Lord is encouraging us here is we do those things. You know what? If you're going to study, study. Study hard. Do it under the Lord. Do it with Christ directing your life. You're going to have a marriage. You, you live that marriage through Jesus, both of you. That's what brings a good marriage. So he's, he's encouraging us to sacrifice the things that will hold us back. Are you prepared to live for Jesus and sacrifice the things that hold you back? Question. You don't have to answer. Inside, think about that. If you walk away from this talk with one thing, am I prepared? Am I prepared to sacrifice? Gee, you would have just got my text about getting water. I've already got it. Haven't even cried yet, Stace. It's good. <laughs> this can be interactive. Who would like to know Jesus more? Put your hand up. Good. We've got, we've got a... Uh, I was just talking again to Guy before the meeting. I believe... I've, I've been walking around chatting with lots of people over the last few months... I genuinely believe our heart's desire, particularly amongst this age group, is to know Jesus more and is to walk with him and it's to build a thriving church. That's my my take. I think there's been some stuff that we, we may have um, been held back on. But as I said, I, I really feel we're coming to a point in the road where we have a choice. We have a choice to really step up and drive this church forward till Jesus returns through the Holy Ghost, or, and I don't wish to be negative, we, we slide. We, we go on the slow slide down to having a knowledge of power, but not actually experiencing it. And for me, I've got no interest in going there. Amen? We want power, we want evidence, and we want action. Connecting to, to the true nature of Jesus Christ. He was an amazing character, person, spirit. His nature is so multifaceted that we, we will never fully grasp it, okay? We, if we sit here and think, yep, I've got it together, I know Jesus, I know everything about him, I know I don't need to know any more, again, we're kidding ourselves. We have so many aspects. I talking to a few guys the last couple of days, I read a scripture of Jesus talking and it blew me away. I've been thinking about it for two weeks and I cannot, I cannot actually ration his point. It blew everything I thought about him out of the water. We'll read it a little bit later on. So I think I've established the fact that we are all keen to, to learn more about Christ and we know that he is our connection to God. And we know that he is the thing that will bless our fellowship and us as individuals. Let's have a little chat about the nature of Jesus. Let's go over to John 13, 12. So one of the attributes I want to talk about with, with Christ, and I think it needs to be reflected in our lives, is the fact that he was a servant king. So he was, he was 
He was God. He was with God. And whilst he came to earth, he was prepared to be a servant to us. So a massive part of us using the Holy Spirit and, and moving forward, we've always got to keep this aspect of his nature at our core. And that's the fact that we are here to serve and we're here to serve each other, but we're here to serve the body as a broader thing. Our goal should be to serve others so they come to know Jesus as well. And this is just a, a brief outtake. We won't go through it all. Verses 3 to 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and lay aside his garments and took the towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel which he was, which he was girded. At all times, Jesus was there to serve. He was there to bring people to the Father. So what I would love to see, and I think what we should all be thinking about, is as we spark up, as things start to happen, it is always tied to the fact that we are serving others and we are there to bring them to the Father. So human nature, and I've seen it lots of times, we get a revelation, something good happens, we think, yeah, I've got that. I understand that. And then all of a sudden, the next step is to go, well, why haven't you got that? <laughs> why can't you understand this concept? What's wrong with you? Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I've just thought that. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it in people. We get a revelation. Something exciting happens, which is a great blessing. My point is, we need to remain a servant of others. When we get inspiration, when we get something that comes to us, the Lord shows us something, our role, our job is to bring others with us, is to bring others to that knowledge, is to help others. The second we get to the point of, I've got this together, oh, that puts me up a bit higher than you, we, we're in trouble. Jesus' humility and his ability to just constantly come back to a point of service is an inspiration for us. So let's catch fire, let's, let's do the stuff, let's see the spirit moving but let's not lose track that we are servants. We're here to serve. Forgiveness, John 4, forgiveness is a big, it's a big one. Uh, and it can be a struggle. We won't read through the scripture too much, but um, jot down John 4. And it's Jesus talking to the woman of Samaria. Jesus and Mitch, uh, little Mitch, covered this really well. Jesus has come to set us free from sin. And if you want to talk about worthiness and whether that's for you, um, read that story. Jesus spoke to that woman in the, in the midst of sin. That's what her life was. And Jesus is forgiving. And I've, again, I'm not going to go through heaps of examples, but... You, you want to talk to anybody about forgiveness and about Christ's attitude for forgiving sin, read that story, but talk. Talk to, talk to us, talk to anyone here at the camp. Jesus was very direct and unwavering when it came to sin. He knew we would sin. He knew sin would be part of our life, but he was very direct in dealing with it. And... We need to understand that if we're to know his nature, we need to treat sin the same way. 
Um, I've got a couple of examples there. Matthew 21, 12, where he entered the temple. Um, I love this story. I loved how Mitch was talking about context yesterday and, and visualising. Um, you read in verse 12, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. I've got a little, little fella, 14, 13, Tom. Redhead, he's a rager. I could imagine, I could imagine him in one of his, he's lost handball or he's lost soccer or something, <laughs> flipping out. I don't generally think of Jesus in that aspect. It's an interesting part of his nature. He has gone in there and I assume, based on that, I think he's gone crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's flipping tables. Um, he wasn't putting up with sin in the temple. He was like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm not putting up with this. You can't mince that. Like, that doesn't describe, oh, hey, guys, how are you? Probably not a good idea if you do that. <laughs> like me trying to get you guys to go to bed. <laughs> I'm like, someone said, you're the worst bad person there is. I'm like, is that a compliment? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an authoritarian by nature. Jesus, in this scenario, he wasn't mucking around. He wasn't mucking around with sin and deceit in the temple. That's part of his nature and that's what he wants to see with us. He doesn't want to see us mucking around with the fringes of, yeah, well, we'll get a little bit of that, we'll get a little bit of that. You know, if I vape, no one sees me, it's probably okay. Whatever. Is vaping cool or not? I don't know. Maybe it's not cool. Whatever. The point is, he wasn't mucking around with sin. The second that he walked into the temple, and I'm referring to us as the temple of the Holy Ghost, he was not mucking around. He was direct and he was strong and he wasn't going to put up with it. And it's an aspect of, of, of Jesus that when we get to know his nature and we understand what he wants and our connection to him, we need to pick that up and go, you know what, I'm, I'm the same. I don't want sin on the fringes. I don't, especially don't want it in the temple Let's deal with it like he dealt with it. No, not happening. Cut it off. Jesus was steadfast. He was strong and he was diligent. Matthew 4, verses 2 to 4. What I find interesting about this is that um, just in the previous scripture, it talks about the Holy Ghost leading Jesus to the wilderness so he could be tempted. Interesting thought. And it goes on in verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. <laughs> Stating the obvious. <laughs> I, I don't know what you guys are like. End of one day of fasting, I'm hungry. Like I'm, I'm at my limit. Pushed to two days, I'm, yeah bouncing the caffeines out of the system and I'm going crazy. 40 days. You could imagine the state Christ was in, in the physical. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. My point is here, part of Christ's nature was his, his strength his, um, his steadfastness and his diligence to the promise that he'd been given. 
when, and again, this refers back to some of the ministry we've heard, when we're struggling, Alicia's testimony, when in the midst of a struggle, and when I envisage Christ after 40 days of not eating, I think he would have been in a, a state, like he would have been struggling in the physical, it would have been tough mentally. Christ had the ability to stand firm and understanding that part of his nature and he has called us to reflect his nature that's encouraging to know that when times are tough when you're in a 40-day fast equivalent so whatever that aspect is of your life that you're dealing with his spirit and he's shown us through his nature he had the ability to stand strong and that should really be comforting for us that should be like you know what Jesus thank you thank you for that example Thank you. When I'm going through trouble, let's come back to that thought. Diligence, strength in the Holy Ghost, power to actually resist the devil when we're at our worst. That's encouraging for me. I think, yep, praise the Lord. I can, I can, I can use that. I'm going to jump into Matthew for a second. Now, this is the scripture I was talking to you about that I read and, I, yeah. I was thinking about his nature and I was thinking, okay, this is a bit different. Matthew 10, verse 34. It reads there, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. Hmm. Okay. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Okay. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against uh, her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who, loves, um, uh, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves a son or a daughter who does not take up the cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds life will lose it. And he who uh, loses his life for my sake will find it. That's a tough saying. <laughs> That's tough. How do you, as a parent, look at your children and go, actually, you're lower on the list than this relationship? How do you look at your partner or your, your parents and say, you know what, I'm actually prepared. If you're not willing to follow Christ, if you're not willing to be led of the Holy Ghost, I'm prepared like a sword to cut that relationship and I'm with Jesus. That's a tough saying. And I said, I've been, I've been wrestling with it for weeks. Like, how do you fathom that? I do believe that, like with every scripture, I don't believe Jesus wants us to have conflict in our house. I don't think he wants us to be at enmity with our parents. I don't think he wants us to be fighting with our children and, and have issue there. What he is saying is that the relationship, the importance of us picking up our cross and following him overrules everything in the natural. All of our personal relationships, absolutely his desire is that they will pick up their cross and follow as well. But are we prepared to make the tough call? Are we prepared if our, our wife or our children or our parents choose another path are we willing to stand up and bear his cross 
Are we willing to lose that aspect of our life in order to follow him? It's tough. And I'm not, again, I'm not asking you to answer that, but you need to consider in your heart, if that's the way the coin fell, what would you do? Where would you be? What would you do? Romans 5, 8, and the scripture was mentioned last night. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. As I mentioned, um, we don't level sin. We don't sort of say, well, that sin's greater than another sin. We have all sinned and still Jesus has chosen us. He's seen our sin and he's willing to pardon that. As a part of his nature, his goal is to see us resurrected and clean. Do we believe it? Do we believe that? If we believe it, we need to act upon it. I haven't got a huge amount more to say. I feel like I've sort of done my... How am I going for time, Frosty? All good? Let's wrap it up. I'll get back to just my point is that we need to start having personal experience with Jesus Christ. We need to start, and this is a very broad statement, I'm not saying that we're not doing that, if you're in this room and you can genuinely look at yourself and go, this is talking to me, this is hitting me, the amazing thing is that the, that the Lord is right there. He's, he's already seen your heart and he's willing to act. So we're going to do communion, we're going to operate the spiritual gifts, we're going to have a prayer line. If you are willing to go to that spot and actually say, you know what, yep, I'm not using the spirit, I'm not active, I'm not seeing power. You have got a chance to take communion in a second, partake of that and ask the Lord to, to reveal to you the amazing side of his sacrifice to show you his nature and why he sacrificed for you. We'll then have a time of the gifts where if you're listening, he will talk to you directly. And if you feel so inspired that... You're touched. Had to happen. If you're touched, if you're moved, you've then got an opportunity to have prayer and actually seek the Lord to move in your life. I think until we can do that as a group, as until we can actually admit where we're at and where we want to go, we'll keep doing what we've been doing. I want to see this church thriving and I want to see the youth inspired and the Holy Spirit moving. We need to get stuck in. Is that enough? I'm good. All right. Who are we going to hand over to? Stu Conan for a song.